Mariners country. Let's ride. edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your weekly podcast talking about everything surrounding the Los Marineros baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, my hetero life mate that's not so silent, Bo Chisholm. Ricky Clark, Ricky Clark, how are we feeling today? How's, uh, how's it shaking? I'm feeling young and spry, young and spry. Just kidding. My joints hurt, my knees are screwed. It was a nice day off, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, it was, uh, we've hit the rainy season here where it's, I may mention this, where it's 50 degrees and rainy every single day now. So it's uh, classical Seattle weather. So living it up. I, I would take that, I would take that in a heartbeat. It's been, I, I see snow out my window right now. Oh boy. It's starting to snow. I don't oh like boy. it. Oh boy. I know, I know, I know. And honestly, I, I don't know what's worse. The snow falling here because, honestly, I need to live in probably a, a warmer weather state or the Astros winning the World Series. The Astros winning like, the World Series. Absolutely, like, the Astros winning the World Series. That's That was pretty terrible, honestly. I just <clears> – I try to put blinders on. I, I don't want to see it. Yeah, it's a rough go of things uh, as, a, as a Mariner fan, as a – as a baseball fan, it's uh, it's rough. Dif- wish, 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 wish there was a different outcome, but um, you know what? I just uh, I hope that that'll be us next year, and we'll be able to um, to push back, to fight back, to kind of root our mirrors on there. So that's the hope. That's the hope. They'll be there next year. We got a fun show for you today. Uh, we're going to take a look at the free agent market and uh, see if we've got some fits that. Uh, you know, we can bring in to try to get us to uh, our first World Series. Uh, before we get to it, I'm going to say this every week. Thank you again uh, for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Uh, for all of you guys returning, uh, you know, welcome back. Uh, we I hope that Bo and I are uh, filling in in your life with some Mariners news that, uh, you know, you probably aren't getting from other places. Uh, and for all our new time, first time listeners, uh, you know, thanks for choosing us, you know, buckle in and, uh, hopefully it's a safe flight from here on out. Uh, if you haven't already go, uh, like, and share, uh, our social media pages. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Forks Down Pod or on Facebook and Instagram by just searching our name, Forks Down Podcast. Um, shout out to my wife, Abby, running our social media accounts. Um, she's doing pretty good there. So, uh, yeah, no, go like and subscribe, uh, on your favorite podcast listening app. And, uh, you know, you'll, you're going to be notified every time that we drop a new show. So, okay. We, we, we're going to get that out of the way. I, I feel like that's like obligatory as we, uh, you know, start a show, but, uh, well, we've both been scouring the free agent market, uh, and, you know, kind of the trade market as well. Uh, looking for the next big pickup. Last year it was Jesse Winker. 
um, and Suarez that kind of got uh, the trade market going for us. And then Robbie Ray coming out of the free agent market. Um, I know you've got quite a few uh, favorites that uh, you'd love to bring in, but you know, the Mariners aren't made of money. So um, what do you, what are you seeing? So there's a, you know, I went back and I, I listened to a little bit of what Jerry and Justin talked about, like at the end of the year press conference and talking about, you know, their wants and their goals. I think we kind of touched a little bit on that. Right. And I've been trying to fill in like where I think this off season might go. Right. And like um, the free agents that are out there and how they fit into this team. And, um, you know, there's a lot of good, I would say solid outfielders there right now. And obviously uh, there's, you know, kind of the big three shortstop middle infield types, right. Correa Turner and, Bogarts. Um, I think outfield where I'm going to kind of spend most of my time today is I think going to be a big part of kind of, well, I guess I should say that there's a lot of dominoes that are kind of there this off season. Right. And I don't know, I think we were Mm -hmm. talking about this earlier, right. I don't really know like if there's going to be contingency plans on one way or another, right. Like if we miss out on Correa, Turner, and Bogarts, do we do go try to get a Brandon Nimmo, right? Or do we go try to go get somebody else on the outfield side? I don't really know how this is all going to play out for, for the Mayors in the offseason um, and like how Jerry's going to build out these plans, right? I don't know if you have any thoughts about how complicated this is kind of going to be kind of this offseason, but I just feel like there has to be backup plans to backup plans, right? Because if we miss out on those three guys... Brandon Nimmo might be gone by that time as well. Right. So um, I know that the the GM Mm -hmm. meeting started this week, so maybe there'll be a lot of talk that Jerry and team are going to have, but I think my big worry is like, we don't get any of these guys. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, we could talk ad nauseum about the middle infield and honestly, Jerry has come out and said, Hey, we're going to go after middle infield this year or this off season. So I, I mean, there has to be a contingency, right? We don't get one of those big three. I mean, he's got to have a backup plan. And honestly, last year, uh, I feel like Winker and Suarez kind of came out of left field for us because, like, I I don't feel like they were on our radar until it was, like, right in front of us and, you know, everyone was agreeing to the deal. So, I mean, I, I feel like if we don't have a plan in place – or if we don't – I, I shouldn't say have a plan in place because there's always going to be a plan in place. But if we don't get one of the top big free agents, a Correa, a Bogarts, a, you know, Turner, or even, you know, someone like Swanson, I think Jerry's going to have something there maybe on the trade market um, that could be, uh, you know, beneficial as well. I mean, I don't know how much we can really give up. Uh, you know, the last two big trades that we've had, uh, we've we've kind of drained the minor league system, you know. We're we're getting bare bones there. We got Cole Young, uh, shortstop that we drafted last year. We got Emerson Hancock, um, you know, Adam Macko, uh, Taylor Mar- or uh, Taylor Dollyard. I can't even dollar, say his dollar, dollar right bill, now. y'all. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. There you go. But like, outside of those guys, like I don't know who we really have as trade bait. You know, unless we're forking up someone like Winker, which I I know you wanted to talk about Winker a little bit today. Yeah, let's. I think let's start there. I, like maybe we can start with just. I think we've already recapped the offense. We've already recapped a lot of players, right? I think as it pertains to free agency, right? Um, 
I kind of want to, I mean, it's also important that these guys are going to play into the decisions that they make. Right. So, um, yeah, Mitch mm-hmm. Haniger, um, Mitch Haniger is no longer currently a Seattle Mariner, right? He elected free agency, which I think is, uh, um, <clears throat> I think is, uh, an exciting thing for a player, right? A player works a long time to get to free agency. So I think it's well within Mitch's, you know, um, bounds to at least go see and put himself out there to see what's available for him. So, um, and, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, there was four other players that elected free agency. We got Frazier, Casale, uh, Carlos Santana, and Matthew Boyd. They all elected free agency too. So, but I mean, Mitch being obviously the big name. Yeah, and Mitch is the one. I mean, Mitch is, Mitch is a free agent now, and he kind of plays into what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I think the question is going to be. Do like we didn't, you know, are we going to try to bring Mitch back? I would don't think I would mind bringing Mitch back just based upon, um, I think he might take a more team friendly deal. Um, you know, this is, he was a clubhouse leader, right? A guy that really brought this team back to from the back into the playoffs. I don't think he would mind Cause like Seattle's a place that I think that free agents might want to go more than ever before. Right. Like we've had such a hard time with getting free agents in the past. And I think we're kind of changing the tide there because we are, you know, easily in the top five teams in the AL. I think some people can say the top three teams in the AL. Um, so I think that's going to become a destination for us and for for free agents. Um, but going back to Mitch, um, Mitch is a free agent now. Um, I'll be curious to see what the Mariners want to bring him back and kind of go. I think kind of capping. I think some of the the players that are already with us, right? Um, Jared Kalenic, Kyle Lewis, and Jesse Winker. Like those first two guys will play a little bit into what we're going to talk about with the outfield. Like Jared Kalenic and Kyle Lewis. Like, are these guys going to be long term options for us? Right. Um, if they're not, mm-hmm. then we should certainly start to really think that we need to go get one of these other outfield outfielders that are out there. Uh, but Jesse Winker, I know that um, the you certainly saw the the whole Instagram stuff this last week. How much do you? How much do you? How much do you believe that stuff, I guess? Like, oh, my social media, clearing my social media. Like, do you think that's just like a message that he's trying to send? Like, what's, how much, how much do you believe into like what he's doing there? Do you think he's done with the team, et cetera, there? I don't know. On one hand, I want to think that he's not done with the team. He's only been here a season. Um, The first part of the season, even though he wasn't hitting well, uh, he he felt like he was still kind of having fun. Uh, like the Met series, you know, he was having fun out there. And then obviously he was there for the, and got suspended for the brawl. Um, maybe there was something that was said behind closed doors, you know, team wise after that brawl. Uh, Cause I feel like he had a pretty big hand in it, you know? Um, so maybe he got soured, you know, um, obviously he didn't have the best season was I can't remember his career stats right now, but he hit well below his career stats. And uh, he, I don't think he's used to that. You know, he was on a winning team and he wasn't a part of really the winning formula. So um, I, I, I want to believe that, that he, you know, is just doing that to, you know, get rid of everything on his Instagram players do that all the time you know, just go and delete everything. Um, but, I mean, we we also saw it with Clinic, and Clinic was on the team, uh, you know, come October. So, I don't know. I, 
it, it's so hard to read because these are people, these are players, and we're not around them. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Or really, the only people that know what's going on behind that closed door is other people on the team. So, yeah, I'm 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 hopeful that Jesse Winker is going to be part of this team, right? I'm he. Mm-hmm. He still had a. I mean, he still walked pretty well last year. I feel like he's going to get on base and yes, clip pretty well. I mean, we had big aspirations for him. He started the season as the three-hole hitter, so I'm very hopeful that he's going to be with the team. But he's kind of going back to like what I said before of like, there's a lot of questions with this outfield. Like, are Kalenic is Kalenic a long-term solution? Is Kyle Lewis going to come back healthy? Um, you know, thank God for Julio, right? Because Julio's, you know, the, mm-hmm. the center fielder that we got, and um, he's going to be there for a long time. But um, there's just questions about, I think, both left field, right field, the state of the outfield, and I'm ho- I think that's maybe one of these guys that we're going to talk about here that I'll dive into um, is going to be kind of a helpful solution to some of that. But um, so let's kick it off. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I can dive into. I'll start to dive into like the outfielders here, and I think to start off with. Um, we should certainly make a mention of Aaron Judge. Um, I think Aaron Judge would be a perfect fit for what this Mariner team needs, right? Talk about impact bat, mm-hmm. right? Aaron Judge is about as impact as you can get, right? Um, I think yep. that yep. Uh, he's certainly priced out of our market. There's all sorts of predictions flying around of what he's going to get of like eight years, um, you know, $400 million or something like that, right? I think it's... There's a lot of predictions floating out there. I don't think I think he's going to be way priced out of the Mariners' price range. I don't really know if he wants to come into Seattle. It really seems like San Francisco or New York, or that might be it. There would probably be others that are going to pull out a B end on him. But I just don't really see the Mariners being much of a contender for Aaron Judge. Again, I would think that he's a great fit for what the Mariners need, but um, the Mariners have also not had a great track record of super tall guys think, um, thinking about Richie Sexton. So I think that there's some concern there too, about just his age and how he's going to, how he's going to age in that aspect. But for, uh, for like the next, you're going off how tall players are right now. There's, I mean, there is a, there's a, there's a precedent for for like taller players that just don't age very well. Right. So like, um, I think Aaron Judge, yeah. like the next two years, right? This is window for the Mariners is open, right? I think Aaron Judge is going to probably be really, really good for the next at least two, maybe three years. And that's the Mariners' window of opportunity. So, I mean, this would be a big time for them to strike, but uh, I just uh, yeah. I don't see it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think – did you see Robbie Cano back uh, a few years ago, us signing him? I, I don't really think I saw that coming so I you know what? I could, I could see it a little bit. You know, someone coming from a big market coming up to Seattle to try to help us chase a championship. Um, but yeah, again, being a realistic person, I, I just don't see it happen either. I, if I had to make a prediction, he's staying either in uh, New York or he's going to San Francisco. So, well, it's like there's so many of these dominoes that need to fall like uh correa and bogarts and turner like those are all good fits for san francisco um they're all good fits for philadelphia Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of pieces on the board that i think um are gonna have to the mariners just gonna miss out on that we're gonna have to kind of see how things unfold and then i'll kind of get a clearer picture of it but 
I would have, I think Judge is probably mm-hmm. going to sign relatively soon. Um, I think I think he's going back to New York. I think they're going to work to kind of get something figured out there. So that's my prediction for Aaron Judge. So yeah. let's move on. Yeah, Judge is definitely one more thing before we move on. Judge is the type of player that's going to set the market, and then every else everything else will fall into place. He's not going to sit there and wait for Brandon Nemo to get a contract or you know Profar or Benintendi. He's going to be the guy that says, okay, I'm, I'm worth this much. So, yeah, he's going to sign relatively soon. Absolutely. And, I, I you know, I like Aaron Judge. And, um, you know, I think well rewarded for a really good season. So um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of start to dive into it. But I think going to the players and the outfielders that I think are the, the most feasible for the Mariners this offseason, I feel like I've already talked a lot about Brandon Nimmo, but I'll just kind of plug again. Um this is a guy that um, can play all sorts of outfield positions. Um, so if you need to give Julio a day off, play right field, play left field. Um, coming from the Mets, he had a he had a pretty decent season. Um, on base percentage is high. Plays really good defense. I feel like he could just fill a lot of holes mm-hmm. for us. He's a guy that um, I would be comfortable batting in the leadoff spot. Right? Um, you know, mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. I want to bat Julio in the two two hole. Right? Julio had. Um, I think it was 16 of his 28 home runs this year were solo home runs. Um, I think if that's the right, I can't, I think that's the right number there. Um, so I think yeah. that, you know, getting a couple guys on in front of him, right. We're just talking about more run scored. So I'd really like to see Julio take up that spot. A guy like Brandon Nimmo come in and bat lead off what I think would be, uh, um, I think that would be a good option for the Mariners. I do say that there will be some draft pick compensation tied to him. Um, Brandon Nimmo is like a slam dunk to get a qualifying offer from the Mets. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, I think that. And there's new, there's new rules. I mean, uh, we were talking about it before the show. There's new rules tied to compensation. Uh, back when they had the little uh, uh, lockout. Sorry, I, I blanked on the word there. Uh, the MLB and the PA, uh, MLBPA, the Players Association, agreed on. Uh, compensation and uh, when it comes to free agent compensation. So uh, that market, I don't know, maybe explain it a little bit, what's different because it's not I assumed when we were talking about it earlier it was you sign this player, you're losing your first round pick but that's not the case anymore. You know, you have, it comes down to the market you're in and uh, you know it's not even a first round pick anymore. Yeah, so there's different tiers of um, draft pick compensation, and there's tiers based upon like if you surpass the competitive balance tax, right? So basically, just how much money you spent, and if you're getting revenue sharing from the MLB, and then kind of like a second, a third tier of like the tail end, right? Your um, your other teams that maybe didn't get the revenue sharing side or um, didn't exceed the competitive balance tax side, um, so. The, the rules this year, right, are if the Mariners sign somebody, um, they're going to lose their third highest, the third highest pick, right? So um, what, a nice little note for the Mariners this year, or maybe it's not a nice little note, um, depending on how you look at it, is that Julio Rodriguez is going to win the Rookie of the Year award this year. Um, anything else would be a travesty, um, even though I love Ali Rutschman and Stephen Kwan, go Beavs. Um, 
but uh, like I think the Mariners will get a comp- compensatory pick because of Julio winning the Rookie of the Year awards. That means that the next pick that they might be giving up is like a, like a third, like a, maybe a second rounder, right? Because that's their third highest pick. So that is a consideration, right? Um, but uh, you know, if you're getting Brandon Nimmo out of it, I feel like it's a, it's a it's a slam dunk to pay the price for that. So, um, yeah. but I would say that of the one of the outfielders that are out there. Um, Brandon Nemo, I think, is the one that makes the most sense. He's a kid from Wyoming, right? So you can take that for however you want of kind of this Northwest feel if you want to get it that way. So maybe he wants to be a little closer to everything, right? Um, I think that would be really mm-hmm. nice to kind of bring him in. He can fill multiple different holes, bat lead off, put Julio two. I just think it's uh, – I think it would be a perfect fit for what the Mariners need. Um I'll skip here, kind of going down the list. Um, I do have Jurgis and Profar on the list. Um, he's somebody that might get uh, a qualifying offer. Um, I think he just opted out with uh, opted out of the the latest deal with um, Padres. Padres. Um, yep. He's somebody that um, I think he would be. A, I think he would be a good you know left fielder for what the team needs right now. Um, I don't want to say, I'll, I'll say this about Jurgis and Profar is I don't know how much Jurgis and Profar is going to move the needle in terms of, um, like a big bat for this team. Right. I feel like Jurgis and Profar might be somebody that, um, comes in and bats, um, maybe lead off against lefties, right. And maybe righties, there's a platoon of some sort with him. So I feel like he's a little bit more of a role player could still be somebody that I think bats, um, you know, relatively decently high in this order in some games, maybe in the fifth, sixth, seventh range for other games. But again, maybe not to the level of Brandon mm-hmm. Nimmo, but somebody that can kind of fill a hole. Yeah, I, I know I put in the game notes there, or the, the show notes. I'm not a big fan of Profar. Um, it was cool to see what he did this season. Uh, he uh, was a first-round draft pick in Texas. Uh, kind of... I wouldn't say squandered his opportunity there, but he uh, was less than stellar. Uh, he went to the Padres. Uh, Padres had some issues. I mean, they got the big trade for Juan Soto, but Tatis got hurt and then got popped for uh, performance-enhancing drugs, and, and Profar really stepped up. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, though, I think he plays in a uh, hitter-friendly park. I just – I don't, I don't, I don't see him being a, a good fit for this team. Yeah, I mean, he, um, I don't know if he's an again. I don't think he's an exact fit, but um, yet again, I could see, I could see something maybe on a smaller deal side. If we do pick up, um, we need, we need to come up with a clear name for him or a, or some sort of team group name for him, but Correa, Bogarts, and Turner, right? If we don't get, if we pick up one of those guys and we're looking for maybe a, a role filler in the outfield, um, maybe Profar is the fit for that. But um, I don't know if I necessarily yeah. want, if, if he's our big acquisition of the off season, we're in, we're in trouble. Right. So um, <clears throat> I, uh, I like Profar. I feel like he could be a, a, a role filler on this team, but um, I don't know if he's exactly probably what the Mariners are looking for right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. The next- and then you also put down Ben and Tendi, uh, Conforto, Kiermaier. They're kind of all lumped in together because, uh, no draft, draft pick compensation should come from them. Um, especially, uh, someone like Conforto. I, I know Bo has a, a little bit of a problem with Conforto. Um, but, uh, 
I don't know. I see, I see Conforto being a fit, but uh, yeah, can't stay healthy. So. Yeah, Conforto. Can, yeah. I, well, again, again, go Beavs. I love, I love Michael Conforto, um, despite what Rick says. Um, but uh, he's like, if we brought Conforto on, I feel like you could lump him in with these guys that we already have questions with, right? Like we have questions with mm-hmm. Jesse Winker. We have questions with how good Jared Kalanick's going to be. We have questions with Kyle Lewis. And then we're just going to add more questions about Michael Conforto's health and his ability to play the field. Right. So like, I don't know. Do you see him as just another guy that where you might have questions with, right. If we decide to bring him on. Uh, I think we could. Um, I think he was pretty, pretty solid with the Mets. Um, I guess, I guess, Before I guess is the last season. Does the risk, does the risk, does the benefit potentially outweigh the risk, right? Because he was really good with the Mets and he had some really good seasons there. So, like, do we just take a shot and but, see what happens there? What risk are we taking? I mean, he can't command a lot of money him coming off of an injury. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to sign him for more than four or five million, maybe. Maybe even that's being too high maybe that's being too generous i just i i see him out of out of the list you made being probably a low risk low risk high reward type person out of the whole list just because he's not going to command that much money and honestly he could be a big bang for your buck and god forbid the mariners fall out of contention before the trade deadline next year maybe we get something out of him for a very minuscule amount of money in the grand scheme of things. That's fair. I, yeah, I, I just, my concern is like bringing like a guy on that. We have a lot of questions about his health wise. Um, that's supposed to be like on a contending, on a, on a really contending team. Right. Like that's, that's my concern is like, I don't want to, like they filled great holes this year. Right. But like, I don't want us to, I, I made this come off wrong, but I don't want us throwing out Sam Haggerty and Dylan Moore, maybe every game, right? Like they can play certain, they have <laughs> places to play, but like, I just, I just have concerns about us bringing in guys that might, we just have a lot of questions about, right? And Michael Conforto is kind of one of those. Now I'll go back to, if we make it, yeah. we make a big splash in the signing side, I'm more willing to bring on a Michael Conforto, but I just think that, too many questions there for already guys. There are a couple of most more guys you already have questions with. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I mean, if we're if I'm looking at the market right now, and and we've talked a little bit about him, uh, I think in show one, but uh, I I really I really like him, and I Bo, I know you like him. Jack Peterson, he's on the market again. Uh, I think it's third season in a row. He's a free agent. Last two seasons, he signed a one-year deal, um, and he got a World Series out of it with uh, with the Braves. So I, I don't know if I'm looking. I want more power from our lineup. Um, you know, he is a guy that strikes out a lot, and that kind of goes against a little bit of the mentality of this team because our team seems to walk quite a bit, even with Winker being down. Um, and, and injured and having a down season. He walked quite a bit. Uh, Carlos Santana walked a lot. Um, so maybe that doesn't fit with what we're trying to do as a team. But I also want to see a little bit more power because, I mean, Julio had uh, – how many home runs did he have? 28? No. 28 home runs. 28? Yeah, 28 home runs. Yeah. 28, that's right. 
Um, so he had 28 home runs. Suarez had 30, you know, mid-30s. Um, and that was kind of it in the power uh, part of the game. I, I really would like some more power. Jock Peterson, I think, fits that bill. And uh, I think he found a kind of a cool stat uh, detailing his season last season. I didn't even know this. Yeah, so if I took, you know, I went uh, in prep for the show, right, looking at, like, outfielders, and I went to the National League. And in terms of, like, offensive war, right, wins above replacement, um, and basically offensive value, Jock Peterson as an outfielder was sixth overall in the National League, right? And the guys that were behind him are guys like Kyle Schwarber, right? Um Brian Reynolds, another potential trade candidate. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., if you've heard of him. Um, Kristen Yelich, you can kind of go down the list here of guys that Jock Peterson has had a better offensive season than. Um, and Jock Peterson did it in 134 games too, right? So um, <clears throat> I think that uh, here's a case to be made. We already t- we mentioned Winker, right? If Winker, um, if Winker doesn't continue with this team, right? Um, I feel like Jock Peterson, somebody that can kind of just slide into what Jesse Winker was supposed to be in terms of like being a DH type. Um, and I'd be really curious to see what the outcome of that would be. Jesse, I mean, Jock Peterson had a really good season. Um, I don't know. I would really want him to keep him at the DH spot. I don't think he would be, mm-hmm. I think he would be a defensive um, hindrance to this team. Right. Cause I just don't think he plays the field very well. Um, but uh, I think Jock Peterson would be a good fit at DH, right? Play the DH. If you got to throw him out on left field every once in a while, do it. Um, but that would be a, that would be mm-hmm. a big bat, right? Um, I think in the playoffs mm-hmm. you saw the Phillies had five really good hitters at the top. Maybe Nick Castellanos could have done a little bit better, but the Astros certainly had five really good hitters at the top, right? Um, you know, Jock Peterson could be one of those for the Mariners. Who knows, right? So, um, I think he would be a good real filler if Jesse Winker decides or moves decides to move on. And even if he does want to stay with the team, there's a potential path for Jock Peterson on this team somewhere, I think. So um, I'd be curious. I'll be curious to see how it all unfolds. Yeah. Especially in the, in the free agent aspect of it. I mean, a lot of, a lot of good people. We didn't even really touch besides mentioning his name, Andrew Benintendi, uh, you know, he good leadoff hitter type one, two hole. Uh, and then Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, I think we're looking for offense, uh, but Kiermeyer is definitely, definitely a defensive whiz. Has Kiermeyer won a platinum glove? I feel like he's been in the running a couple years with the platinum glove, uh, uh, people. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, Certainly, uh, certainly one of the best defensive outfitters you can find out there, which I feel like is needs to be taken in consideration, right? Our outfield defense is decent, um, but uh, I think it could certainly use an upgrade, right? Where um, so I don't think Kevin Kermeyer offensively is going to bring you much, but um, you know, defensively, if we get a you know if we get a big bat somewhere else, maybe Kermeyer is a fit, but. Um, I think initially probably not behind on Mariners target to begin with. So, um, but uh, yeah, you mentioned yeah. Ben attendee. I really like Ben attendee. I really like if uh, other things go South, I, he could be a good option for us. And um, yeah, I think there's a the free agent market on the outfield sides. Uh, quite interesting. We'll see how it all unfolds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trainer Jerry, he has earned that nickname the last few years. Um, uh, there could be some guys on the trade market uh, 
big name that I, I know we've mentioned a couple times before, Brian Reynolds. Um, but you you mentioned that you might think the Rays, just outside looking in, obviously, the Rays might want to blow it up. I mean, look at some of the pieces they have on that team. Oof. Yeah, the Rays, um, the Rays are always a team. I feel like they really know their position right, and um, uh, you know they um, they made the playoffs this year. They were the last team in. Um, you know they have some really solid pitching, but um, the Rays are always a team that um, you know they're not going to spend a whole lot, and they're always looking to kind of make trades to kind of get you know, fresh players, new players to kind of rebuild that team with, because that's just the way they rebuild. Um, so I'll be interested to see, and Jerry and Jerry and the Rays have a pretty good relationship from years past, right? You can think back to Mike Zanino trade, Malik Smith trade. You know, you can go back to a couple of them that, that, that the Rays and the Rays and the Mariners have kind of hooked up on. So I'd be really curious, the two guys, right? Randy Rosarina and Manuel Margot, um, both those guys, um, uh, pretty decent offensive players. Um, right. I mean, defensively, I think they're just about average. Um, but yeah, I think especially Randy Euros arena, if we're talking about impact bats, right. That would be one that, um, he kind of comes into this team and I think he could bat, you know, anywhere from, I think two through five, right. He's a, he's a solid mm-hmm. bat. I think he could come in and be a, a really good option for this team. And what I would say is that, um, you know, I don't think that the the Winker and the Eugenio trade was really Jerry's first option last year. I've always believed that when it became clear that they were going to lose out on Chris Bryant, right, um, that's when Jerry kind of did what he did and went to go get Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, right? So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised, right, if um, maybe it won't be exactly for Manuel Margot or Randy Rosarina or Brian Reynolds because I also don't really know if we have all the pieces to go get those guys right now. Um, but you know, if we do strike out on a couple of these big names, um, I think Jerry's going to try to try to wrangle, try to try to wrangle something together to make a deal. So, um, I just keep an eye out on that. If, mm-hmm. if things start to move pretty fast this off season, right. In terms of the free agent market, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry tries to, tries to string something together and make a trade for one of these guys, or, you know, could be a handful of others that we haven't mentioned. You brought up, you know, I brought up the Rays and we've been talking to them about them. Um, what about someone, you know, just looking at their depth chart, you know, if they're wanting to implode the team, uh, Brandon Lau or Isaac Paredes, like those could be two other names that uh, could be moved. I think the only one that would be untouchable on a team like the Rays is Wander. Like obviously Wander Franco is going to be probably the only one untouchable. Um, everyone else probably with them can be moved. I mean, maybe not this season, but I can see next season McClanahan get moved. Like they've historically done that with their pitching staff and always, always had like people coming in that are just as good. It just, it amazes me sometimes with that team. Yeah, no, I would, I wouldn't be surprised. I think you're, I think you're right on the money there with McClanahan. There's Rasmussen. There's Jeffrey Springs. There's a whole slew of guys on that Rays team that um, they might end up moving. But I'm also thinking that they've got a, they've got a pretty deep team. I would be surprised. I'd be interested to see if they actually make a comeback next year and get into the race of things because they've got a really good team. But um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys always know the front office guys always know just so much about their baseball team and the direction that's likely heading. So, um, yeah, we'll see how the Rays want to play it, but um, uh, I'll be curious to see if Jerry makes a trade. I, I would imagine that Jerry's going to make some trade because Jerry always makes some trade, right? Um, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what that might be, and hopefully it's early. We'll 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 refresh or trade rumors to see what it is as soon as possible. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I know some surprise people that you brought up too, just to kind of finish up uh, your little section of the free agent mar- market. Uh, Jose Abreu, JD Martinez, uh, both those guys, DH uh, types, more so JD. Uh, looking at it, he played all his games at DH last year, uh, but Jose Abreu definitely can play a little bit at first base. Um, do you only envision those guys being coming in if we don't sign like a Correa, Bogarts, or Turner? You know, you, you said we needed a name for them. Let's let's just call them team short team shortstop. Would that work team for you? Up. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, yeah. Team shortstop. So I I think that I mean of those two guys, JD Martinez and Jose Abreu, I probably like Jose Abreu more. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, these would be two guys that. I would want exclusively playing DH, right? Um, I, I think they would be a, somewhat of a defensive liability. I think there's some debate actually out there now if we need to go get a backup first baseman or another first baseman because I think there's there's some doubt in Ty France, it seems like, just his second half that um, I'd be curious if you know we do make – I'd be curious to see if Jerry asks around on that just to see kind of what it is. I still believe in Ty France a lot, but – Jose Abreu can certainly play first base. Um, I don't, uh, he, I, you know, he's certainly not going to, he's certainly not an Evan White at first base, right? Um, but mm. uh, I think he could still play some if need be. But um, Jose Abreu had a relatively, relatively fine off, like offensive season, right? Guy hit 304, um, you know, about a, had a, you know, I think it was a, over a 130 weighted runs created plus, like, um, really well, like a really good offensive season that this would be a guy that comes in and, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think I would, I don't think it would be a, that far of a stretch to say that he could be that fourth or fifth in this lineup. Like it'll be that kind of um, cleanup hitter that comes in and knocks in a couple guys. Like I don't see that. So that's not that big of a stretch at all. Right. Um, and you're telling me if we yeah. go get, if we go get one of the guys from team shortstop and we add in a Jose Abreu, um, Man, things are starting to uh, things are starting to look pretty good on the offensive side, right? So, um, I think yep. uh, the more I look at it, the more I think I like it. I think some of that depends on the Winker situation and what we're going to do with Jesse Winker and where he's going to end up. But I just certainly don't think we should shy away from from either of these guys, right? Just because they are really good offensively, and you know that's uh, that's primary primary key for us this offseason. Yep, yep, yep. Um... You know, it's only the start of the offseason, and it's it's wild because uh, we're already seeing things start to fall into place. Maybe a little bit, not so much yet, but uh, Eddie Diaz, for, former Mariner, uh, just really set the market for relievers, which is wild. I think he's the only one that's ever going to get a deal like this as a reliever. Five years, $102 million. Um, So, like, certainly I think a lot of things are going to happen in the next coming days. You know, we've got – Winter meetings coming up, um, you know, we could see deals happen there, whether they be free agent pickups or trades. Um, and then, you know, we've got, you know, we've we've already got 
things started. It's just the the season just ended, so it's it's gonna go quickly. You know, I, I think guys like Aaron Judge are gonna you know be in the news in the next couple of days, going places that uh, hopefully you know we don't expect. Hopefully we expect them or we have them come to the Mariners. So. One can one can hope, Brick. One can hope. Um, but no, it's a it's, it's still an exciting time, right? We're we're gonna be here for all of it. I think uh, the free agent market officially opens up uh, on the on the tenth. Um, I think next week is uh, um, awards week, so like look look out for that Julio Rookie of the Year award. Um, around then and just the off is going to begin and we're going to start to see where, where everything's going to unfold. So, um, no, man, I can't wait for it. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it all. All right. Um, Ricky Clark, I'm going to give you, let's dive into it here. So I've got, I've got some things pulled up here. So let's play, let's play a little, um, let's see how well you know the Mariners here. So let's dive into that real quick. So I've got, I've got a list of I've got a list of four players here. Okay. 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 Well, um, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it easy. We're just gonna do home runs right now, right? And you okay. have to you have to tell me of these four players who has the most home runs as a Seattle Mariner. Okay. Okay. So their home runs from the other teams don't count. You got to tell me who has the most home runs as a Seattle Mariner. Okay. Are you ready to play? I am ready to play. What What am I winning if I answer this right? Eternal glory. Yes. So what I've always wanted. Okay. So let's uh, let's see here. So I've got um, so I've got four players. You ready for this? You got to tell me which one has the most home runs as a Mariner, right? Okay. Okay. We've got Adrian Beltre. Okay. We have Mitch Haniger. Okay. We have Mike Cameron, okay. and we have Richie Sexton. Mm, Which one yeah. of those four have the most home runs as a Seattle Mariner? I'm going to go mm. – I'm going to go Adrian Beltre. He probably has the most, Okay. I would say I, I'm actually going to list this out. I think he's got the most. Uh, who were your other three? We had Sexton. We had Mitch Matt Cameron. Who was Mitch Haniger? Okay, Mitch Haniger. Uh, um, okay, so we're going to go Adrian Beltre. Uh, I think Mitch Haniger second. I Sexton third. Mike Cameron's fourth. Actually, flip those two. I think Mike Cameron's third. Sexton's fourth. Got it. You did not get any of the places right whatsoever. You single four of them. It goes, oh. it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes. Mitch Haniger, Richie Sexton, Adrian Beltre, and Mike Cameron. So instead of eternal glory, you get eternal shame when it comes to the Seattle Mariners on this episode. Ah, of the podcast. dang so, it! Um, that is rough. That you can't even call me a fan. You know what? Uh, it's been fun. The podcast has been fun. I think we're shutting down the podcast after three episodes. I can't even get a simple trivia question right. We'll get better as we go. I promise. We'll get better. We'll get better. So, anyways, did, did we just create a new weekly, a new weekly thing? 
maybe we'll do weekly. We maybe we'll do bi-weekly. Maybe that some of the players we talked about, right? Try to bring Richie Sexton back into all this, right? So um, we'll we'll play around with it. We'll play around with it. We should definitely do that. We should definitely do that. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I got that completely wrong. Ugh. Anyways, uh, you got any other pearls of wisdom for us? You know, we're, we're winding down the show. Um, you're dropping knowledge bombs on me. Uh, what, what do you got to say before we close out the show? No, it's been fun. Uh, today's been fun. I, uh, talking the outfield, um, still a lot of dominoes to fall and, uh, you know, a lot of interesting places that I think the Mariners going to be involved in. So going to keep refreshing trade rumors. I'm going to watch MLB network more after they kind of get through with this whole entire Astros parade and every Astros excitement that they've got going on there. But, um, no man, um, very excited for the off season and, uh, looking forward to it all getting started. You know, if we want to kill some more time here, we can talk about the Seahawks. I know you said week one, you weren't going to want to want to become a Seahawks fan, but Geno Smith leading us to the promised land. He's like the second coming of Russell Wilson. Just better. I only have I only have space in my life for um, one Eugenio Geno type. So um, I'm sorry to tell you that um, it's, it's filled up by. Um, Eugenio Suarez right now, so maybe some other time. Maybe some other time. Yep. Find okay, me another player. Well, find me another player, and we can talk about that. Okay. You know, when we hop off, I'll, I'll argue with you why you should like DK Metcalf. So. <laughs> Is that a rapper? Is that a rapper, DJ? Oh man, uh, you're 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 killing me right now. You're you're really hurting my feelings. Anyways, for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking the time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we will see you next week. <laughs>